Good morning, everybody. Hey, why don't you open up your Bibles to John chapter 15? We're going to look at a few verses this morning. I want to continue on in something that we started last week about experiencing kingdom fruitfulness. We're going to continue talking about that this morning. While you're turning there, I do want to just give my amen to everything that Dusty and Andrew were just saying about groups. Like, if you really want to be a part of the vineyard, you gotta, you gotta come in at that level. Um, I sometimes have people come to me and say, you know, hey, I want to go do this great thing or that great thing, and hey, could you guys help send me up, build me up, send me out? Well, the only way we can do that is if you come into groups and get connected to people who are doing it. Um, had a meeting with a with a guy this week, and he was like, hey, can you teach me how to disciple somebody? Who's li- who lives like far away, and I, I just I just told him you can't. He's like, what do you mean you can't? I mean I, I'm like you can't. Yeah. So if like if you're hoping, and I hope and I hope everyone in here has this in their heart, uh, hoping to be mentored or hoping to mentor someone, hoping to be trained or hoping to train someone. The only way that happens is one on one in connection, and that's why the groups are so important. Like trying to make disciples across state lines, not going to happen. Trying to like walk into your ministry without having somebody help you get there by being a part of their life, not going to happen. It's just really basic kingdom stuff. We've got to share life together, if that makes sense. Awesome. That was my commercial. Everybody made it to John 15? Good. Hey, um, yeah, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about kingdom fruitfulness. Um and sort of jump off where we started last week. And, and I want to talk about kingdom fruitfulness because life in God's kingdom is meant to be fruitful. Uh, and in fact, uh, fruitfulness is a natural result of God's kingdom, um, mostly because God's kingdom is active and it's alive. God's kingdom is not, a, um, is not just a territory. Uh, it, it's a realm. It's the realm of his rule. And it's active and it's alive. It's not, a, it's not an idea necessarily. It's not a static thing. It's not a statue. It's a living, breathing, active, alive sort of deal. And everything that's active and alive grows. And then things that grow eventually reproduce. And that's where this idea of fruitfulness comes in. So the kingdom of God is an expression of the life of God. Or to say it slightly a different way, the kingdom of God is an expression of the God of life. Um, God is so full of life that he can speak into things that have no life and turn them into life. So before there was anything, there was nothing. There was eventually this time when there was just nothing and it was God. There was God and there was nothing else and then God said, let there be light and there was light. He, he's so full of life, he can just say the word light and there, there'll be light. He's so full of life that he can say animals and there'll be animals, you know. He's so full of life, he can say rhododendron and there'll be a rhododendron. It's, it's part and parcel of what the kingdom is. It's, it's life. It exudes from God. And, um, and because he's so full of life, um, he tends to grow it. And, and one of the things I want to say about the life of the kingdom and the life of God is this, that it's, that it's more than just breathing. It's more than inhale and exhale. It is, to put it uh, in a New Testament sort of way, it is righteousness, peace, and joy. It's not just living and breathing. There are a lot of people who are living and breathing who are not experiencing the life of the kingdom and are not experiencing the fruitfulness of the kingdom. What does it look like when kingdom life comes into a person's 
life? Or what does it look like when the kingdom begins to show up and grow and reproduce? Well, it looks like righteousness, peace, and joy. It's a particular kind of life. It's not just, it's not just breathing. It's not just a little bit of food here and there. It's, it's something more. It's a particular kind of life. And this particular kind of life is growing, it's multiplying, and it's cropping up in unexpected places. We might generally call that fruitfulness. Now, here's one thing you may or may not be aware of. It's true even if you're unaware of it. The, the truth is, is this, is that you and I, the desire in our heart is to be a fruitful person. Like every single person in here has this innate desire to be a fruitful person, to make something more, to give something more, to be something more. And not only that, but you and I have this innate desire to be a person who's reproducing kingdom fruitfulness. Uh, Every person in here is hoping, whether you can articulate it or maybe you're not even aware of it, you're hoping that you could reproduce righteousness, peace, and joy, and love, and harmony. Everybody's wanting to reproduce that sort of thing. It's the the thing that's really in our heart. Uh, To be able to live in such a way as to grow up and reproduce that kind of life over and over, to be able to bring life to dead places, to be able to bring life to dead hearts, to be able to bring fruit to barren gardens, to be able to bring plenty to places of lack. How many of you would like to be able to bring plenty to places of lack? Like, when you think about it, if you go, man, I would like to go into a place that doesn't have anything and, like, bring in abundance. It's like, that's awesome. How many of you would like to, how many of you would like to bring life to people who are dead in their hearts? Like, that's, that's, like, I, I want to be the kind of person who has hope, and not just has hope, but has so much hope that I can bring people who don't have any hope, and all of a sudden now they have hope. Just by, I, that's something that I want. Not only that, but I know that it's something that you, you want as well. We live with this thing. We want to bring abundance to the desert. Uh, that's what you and I are dreaming of. Um, oftentimes we call it something else. We get, we get deceived, or maybe we start to live in into a dead end but really the thing that you and I are dreaming of is that we could bring abundance to the desert that's what we're really really dreaming of it's the sizzle in our heart and so we're going to look a little bit this morning I have have a really simple word this morning for us out of the gospel of john about living this kind of fruitful life how to live it um i didn't even tell the guys i was going to be in john 15 this morning so i'm just gonna have to read it to you you can read along with me we'll read let's read to uh about verse 7 okay this is what jesus says he says i'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser And every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch in me that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I am him... He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you do abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. We'll read a little bit more here in a minute, but 
That'll be enough to get us going. Um, here's what it means, at least at the beginning, to live a fruitful life. We looked at some stuff last week, and I want to add to it this week. From the, from the Gospel of John here, Jesus is talking about a vineyard, which is something I love. But the beginning of living a fruitful life is knowing your role. And Jesus marks out for everybody in the room who they are, who he is, and who the Father is. And it's amazing how to get confused about who you are or who Jesus is or who the Father is can really wreck your life when it comes to trying to be fruitful. So what is the beginning of a fruitful life? Here it is. It's knowing that Jesus is the true vine, that the Father is the vineyard manager, and that we're the branches. That's the beginning of kingdom fruitfulness. Now, what does that mean? Here's what it means. It means that, first and foremost, that it's not my job to decide who's in or who's out, what's dead or what's need, what needs to be removed. That's the Father's job. put it another way it's not my job to cut anything in or to cut anything out now uh, how many of you all have a facebook account how many of you all have a twitter or an instagram or watch tv how many of you understand that twitter instagram and especially facebook and a good portion of tv is filled with judgment and people cutting people out right especially christians Deciding who's in and who's out. How many of you have ever been convinced by someone's angry rant on Facebook about anything? Amen. Ever? I've n- never. Why? Just doesn't work. Just never works. Never works. Why? I-, I think one of the reasons that stuff never works is because it's branches trying to be the vineyard manager. Jesus is the true vine. The Father is the pruner, the vine dresser, and the true vineyard manager. He gets to decide what goes and what stays, who's in and who's out. And to take that on actually begins to diminish any possibility of fruitfulness in my life whatsoever. In fact, it it actually infects our brain with a kind of thinking that will not lead to the fruit of the kingdom. This is also what it means for Jesus to be the true vine and the Father to mean the vine dresser and for you and I to be the branches. It means that it's not my job and it isn't your job to originate life or to sustain every other branch. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can do that. How many of you know some branches that are short on life right now? If you're honest, how many of you know that you might be short on life right now? <laughs> yeah, I've come through some seasons where I was short on life. Um, but one of the things that can happen is this, is sometimes, because we're all growing together, and most of you have seen a vineyard and 
maybe you've even walked in our vineyard and there's this vine that comes up and then it's trained along this wire and then there's all these branches that grow up. And one of the things about bring, being a branch is, is, is if you're connected to the vine, you're really close to all the other branches and you can kind of see around and, and sometimes there's a really strong branch that's looking good and then right next to it there's sometimes like a weak branch and it's not looking so good. And, and, and because you've lived so close to the weak branch, you care about that branch and the next thing you know, you're trying to give that branch life and you're trying and you're trying and maybe it's not taken and and then the next thing you know, you're completely like worn out and frustrated and, and that branch you used to like, you don't even like anymore. <laughs> right? Why won't you take the life? <laughs> it doesn't work. Why? Because here's the truth this morning. I can't sustain you at all. Not even one person in here. And the other part is, is that you can't sustain me. You can't sustain anyone else in here. There's only one source of life, and it's Jesus. Um, the word that I want you to get, and the word I want you to put in your brain, when Jesus says, I'm the true vine, what he's really saying is, I'm the source. I'm the source. He's the only person in the whole universe who can be the source for all these branches. And Jesus has... Jesus has billions of branches. There's at least 7 billion branches alive all over the earth today. And he's trying to get every one of them connected into his source. And the truth is, you don't have the emotional, the physical, or the intellectual, or the spiritual energy for all these branches that are out there. It will kill you. If you try to be the true vine, it will kill you. You will not be fruitful. The only true vine is Jesus. He's the source of life. Not just for you, but he's the source of life for everybody. He's the source of life for everyone. Uh, You should say this with me this morning. I'm not the source. I'm not the source. Jesus is the source of life. What that means is this. I don't have to have all the answers, and I don't have to have all the power, and I I don't have to have all the juice. Here's also what it means. It means that you and I are connected to the source, and we're connected to all the answers, and we're connected to all the power, and we're connected to all, to all the juice, but I and you cannot contain them. He has a billion branches, and his life is inexhaustible, and I'm profoundly fragile. There is a fatigue and a weariness that comes from trying to be the ultimate decider or the ultimate source. And it will kill fruitfulness. It will kill fruitfulness. Just like we learned last week in Psalm 127. Anxiousness does not produce the work of the Father. Only the Father can produce the work of the Father. Only the source, Jesus, can produce the life of the kingdom. Only the decision of the Father, walking through his vineyard, by every single branch pruning where he wants. I'm not the ultimate decider. I'm not the ultimate source of life. If you or I give in to that, then we take on a kind of fatigue that will just dry up any chance of fruitfulness. Jesus is the source. And here's what I love about the image that Jesus gives. He says, I'm the true vine, which is to say, I'm the true source of all these billion branches. And you know where vines pull the life from? They pull life from out of the ground. 
This is Jesus giving us a resurrection picture about who he is, right? He's pulling life out of the ground. There's resurrection life. The only life that's going to sustain me or you is resurrection life. There is no other kind of life. And we need Jesus to mediate resurrection life. Uh, You and I cannot produce that kind of life from the ground. We can only receive it. Jesus, right now, he's pulling life, resurrection life, right out of the ground. He came out of the ground, and when he did, he pulled nutrients out of hell, and he pulled nutrients out of dirt and rock and the grave and everything else, and he flipped it around, and the next thing you know, there's all this life that's running through the branches. And that's the life that you need, and the only thing you can do with that life is receive it. You, you, you can't be that life for everyone else. So if you and I are not the ultimate deciders, if we're not the pruners, and if we're not the ultimate source of life, then the only thing we have left to do is to be the branch. I can be a branch. This is where fruitfulness comes from. It comes from being willing to just be a branch. And here's what a branch does. It receives the life of God. It doesn't receive just any kind of life. It receives the life of God. It receives the resurrection life that comes from Jesus. There are billions of branches around the world, and not all of them are receiving the resurrection life of Jesus. There's all kinds of different forms of life out there, but there's only one that will sustain you and produce fruit, okay? Every kind of life is producing a kind of, a kind of fruit, but not every kind of fruit remains. And Jesus talks in John 15 about a fruit that remains. You want the fruit that remains? Be a branch that receives the resurrection life of Jesus. In order to do that, we have to be connected to Jesus. I think most of us have enough biological and horticultural horticultural understanding to to know that if the branch isn't connected to the vine, that thing is dead. It's over, right? We need to be able to be humble enough just to be the branch, to receive the life of God, to be connected to Jesus and to yield to the Father. And then here's the part that really is crazy to me. We need to be bold enough to display the fruit. I I want you to see this picture. Jesus is giving us an unbelievable picture that, if you think about it, is stunning. He says, my father's the vine dresser. I'm the true vine and the source. You guys are the branches, and I would like you guys to produce fruit that remains. So there's this vine. It comes out of the ground. It goes up like this. Then there's all these branches, and then fruit comes on the branches, And in some really profound way, Jesus is saying that the work of the Father and the work of my life is going to hang on you ultimate fruit. I'm willing to let the point, I'm willing to let the end result of my work and the Father's work to be displayed in you. That's unbelievable to me. But Why? Because some of us have this idea that... um, that heaven's work is going to be like displayed only in heaven. Or we have this idea that, that uh, the life of God or that the life of the kingdom is only going to be held like in God's hands. That at some point he's in the future maybe he's going to show up, he's going to split the sky, he's going to come riding on a, a horse and he's going to have like two big handfuls of fruit and life and then everyone else is like, ah, isn't that great? No, that isn't what he's going to do. What he is doing is he's saying, come get connected to me, 
get into my life and then I'm going to hang the good stuff on you. And if you're an undiscerning eye, you would think that the good stuff is just the result of like human ingenuity or, 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 or uh, humanism or really smart people. No, it's actually not. It's that these people were connected to me and I'm willing to give you the credit for something that I'm actually doing. Is that stunning? Like God is willing to put the end result of what he wants to do on you and I. And here's the deal. When you begin to produce fruit and when I begin to produce fruit, uh, the fruit is not the last step. And here's why I know it isn't the last step. Because I own a vineyard. I don't go out into that vineyard and prune that thing. And I don't go out into the vineyard and tuck it and baby it and spray it and work and sweat in the vineyard just to produce a vineyard that has some fruit in it and go, wow, that was really cool. Look at this, guys, all the way down the road. And look, You know what we do with those grapes in the vineyard? There's this day that comes in the vineyard, and we usually invite a lot of you guys over, and we put all these yellow crates out, and we start picking those grapes. You know why we pick those grapes? We don't pick those grapes to eat them. We pick those grapes to make wine. This is the work of the Spirit. When Jesus begins to give you the life, when you and I begin to receive the life of Jesus, that resurrection life right out of the ground, we produce fruit, and that fruit is meant to be fermented into wine, which is intoxicating, full of joy, and will last. How many of you know that fruit doesn't last? (laughs) Fruit does not last. Wine will last. Wine will last. This is, the, this is the work of the kingdom. Jesus talks in John 15 about fruit that remains. The fruit that remains is the wine that's in the bottle. And you can take that out later, uncork that stuff, take a little drink, it's great with what you're eating. Suddenly family dinner got a lot better. There's... <laughs> that's the work of the Spirit. Here's why I know that the end result is not just to have pretty fruit hanging on a vine that someone takes a picture of or maybe it does a bad impressionist painting of <laughs> and the, and that the fruit of the spirit is meant to be consumed in a particular way and not just plucked off and eaten there's nothing wrong with that i believe that's totally legal and jesus is for it however i hope you understand that when a vineyard produces fruit because it's connected to life and there's all these grapes going down through there that even if no one comes to pick those grapes and to press them and to turn them into wine, do you know what those grapes will produce? Wine. They will ferment without anyone doing anything. Why? Because there's so much sugar and there's so much sweetness in there and there's yeast that naturally occurs. It's everywhere. You can't see it. It's everywhere. It's on those skins. And eventually, if you and I don't do a thing, those little tiny berries will ferment. There is life of the Spirit that is in there, and it's the life of the Spirit that remains. So what is a fruitful life? A fruitful life is one where Jesus is the source, where the Father is the vine dresser, and you and I are the branches, where you and I begin to produce a fruit that remains. I do want to say one more thing about the work of the Father here this morning. I want you to look at 
verse 2. Jesus says this about the work of the Father. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it may bear more fruit. Who gets cut? Everybody. 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 Uh, If you produce fruit, you're going to get pruned. And if you don't produce fruit, you're going to get pruned. Everybody's going to experience the the knife of the Father. Everyone's going to experience the pruning hand of the vine dresser. Everyone's going to have the ultimate decider come into their life. Everyone. Everyone here. Uh, The reason I wanted to settle in on this just for a moment is because to the undiscerning or to the person who doesn't expect it or doesn't understand the work of God or the life of God, when God begins to come into your life and he begins to prune it, it will look like a setback. See, some, of, some people in here uh, have, have experienced what they thought was a setback, but it may have just been that the Father was pruning you. Not every setback is a setback. It may just mean that the Father's pruning you. And pruning is so essential to the life of the vineyard when it comes to it being able to produce good fruit. Here's why. Because if you don't prune your vineyard, by the way, not pruning your vineyard means you don't love it. Okay? Uh, the book of Hebrews says that the father disciplines every son, and by extension, every daughter that he loves. Okay? An unpruned vineyard is a, is a vineyard that, that someone doesn't love or care about. So the father comes in and he, he prunes, and every, everyone who has a vineyard in Napa Valley and everyone who has a vineyard in the Finger Lakes of New York or in the Rhone Valley of France, they prune their vineyards for one really basic reason. Because if they don't, those branches, they come up. And then they go to sleep. And then next spring when they wake up, if those branches that are up go out again, what happens is, is it, that vineyard turns into a wild mess. And what you end up with is a whole lot of canopy that can't produce any fruit because the vineyard is itself shading itself from the sunlight and keeping itself from being able to produce any fruit. And to the extent that it gets even one grape on it, the grape will not ripen. It's shaded. See, a lot of us are being pruned by the Father and it feels like a setback. It's actually not a setback. It's His love. It's His love. He's trying to expose you to the light. He's trying to expose you to the light. Oh, the, the biggest tragedy that could happen is for you or I to draw the life of Jesus and produce this massive, wild, hairy canopy that doesn't have any fruit. And the Father will not let that happen because His goal and His dream for you is that you and I would be fruitful branches. That's why He's walking around in His vineyard. The vine has to be pruned. And so the pruning of the Father is his training and is his discipline. So here's the fruitful life. Jesus is the true source. The Father is the ultimate decider. You and I are the branches who are oftentimes being pruned so that we can be exposed to the light. Here's the other thing about the Father's pruning. Every branch that doesn't produce fruit gets cut off, thrown away, right? Every branch that does produce fruit gets cut off so that it can produce more fruit. And you know what happens next year to that branch that produces more fruit? 
it gets cut off again. And then you'll produce more fruit, and then it gets cut off again. And then it'll produce more fruit, and then it gets cut off again. And it'll produce more fruit and cut off again. Here's the good sad news this morning. If you're a fruitful branch in Jesus' vineyard, you will actually experience more of the Father's pruning and more cutting by the Father than the unfruitful branch. The unfruitful branch gets pruned one time. But the fruitful branch in God's kingdom gets pruned over and over and over again. And, and the reason I want to tell you that is because, on, like I said, on the, the undiscerning person feels like that this is a setback and after the father prunes you a couple times if you don't grow into the life of the kingdom and if you can't see what the father's trying to do you'll eventually get bitter toward the father and you'll become an unfruitful branch you'll look around and go well that that dude only got pruned one time look at that guy he's not getting pruned at all hang on everyone's going to get cut let's don't go there i'm not the ultimate decider (laughs) let's don't go there that's producing a kind of Life in me that will not end up with any kind of fruit. Anybody in here want to produce fruit? Everybody in here does. I know you do. Here's what you can expect. You can expect the Father to prune you and then to prune you and then to prune you and then to prune you. And again, your entire life, your whole life, life and here's what's really great um after you prune a vineyard for a few years there's this order that comes to the vineyard that just wasn't there a young vineyard is the hardest thing and you have to train that vineyard so hard but after a few years of working on a vineyard there's there's an order that comes to it and the pruning gets easier the father's going to keep pruning you he's going to keep pruning me but as it goes along the pruning the pruning comes easier it actually, it actually becomes easier work for him and it's actually easier on the vines. And it's not quite as hectic as we thought it was in the beginning. So what is the fruitful life? The fruitful life is knowing our role. The father is the vine dresser. He's the decider. Jesus is the source. You and I are the branches who are all going to get pruned. Amen? Amen. Hey, if you're on the ministry team this morning, why don't you come up? All right, why don't you all stand up? I want to pray for you. After I pray, if you guys need prayer for anything, we got two really great groups of people up here who can pray for you. If you're sick in your body, or if you just need to respond to the word, I'm, there's probably people in here who have wasted some energy trying to be the decider, or maybe you've been wasting energy trying to be the source of life for somebody in your family who is withering. Uh, you can't. You just need to start praying that Jesus would get connected in a new way. We'd love to stand with you. Lord, we love you this morning. Father, just as a church, we confess that, uh, that Jesus, you are the true vine. You're the source of the only kind of life that's going to remain. Father, we say that you are the vine dresser, that you are the decider about every branch. 
And Father, we say that we will we we give up judgment again. <laughs> like God, we're we're giving up judgment again. Like we may have to pray this again next week, but we're gonna that's okay. Lord, we, we give up the right to prune people. We give up the right to to hack and decide who's in and who's out. God, we give up the right to decide who is producing life and who who isn't. And Father, we just we leave that to you. Father, we also say that uh, we want to be branches, uh, fruitful branches. God, we ask that you would, um, in a more profound way, connect us to Jesus. God, we want to have resurrection life uh, flowing through our bodies, God, flowing through our minds and flowing through our hearts. God, we want to produce fruit that remains, fruit that has been nourished on resurrected life, God. Father, we ask that, that, that every hindrance and every block to resurrected life Every clot, every blockage, every, every artery that is filled with garbage that is keeping resurrected life from invading that space, God, we ask that you would remove it right now. God, if you need to, prune it out. Father, we also say that, that we will be branches that will not run from your knife. God, we want to yield to your pruning. We want to yield to your pruning. Father, uh, we, we ask that you would give us discernment about when you're pruning us so that we don't become bitter, so that we don't become disappointed or angry, so that we, so that we don't misunderstand your work as a setback, that you're actually, actually just concentrating the fruit, that you're concentrating the flavor, that you're, you're setting us up to win. Father, I ask that for everyone uh, right now who is in a season of pruning, God, I ask that you would, that you'd show us that. God, for those of us who might be disappointed with a setback, God, I ask that you would show us if it is a setback or if it's just your pruning work. We yield to your knife, Lord. And Father, we ask that you would that you would grow fruit that remains here at the vineyard. Father, we ask that you would that you would raise up a crop that you might ferment with the joy of the Holy Spirit. The intoxicating joy of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer for any reason, we've got some people up here who want to be with you. Otherwise, go in peace.